Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast with Lawrence Munaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by BasicKetogenicLifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode. Um, and what I found is that the more you dip in and out of ketosis, your body almost becomes like bilingual in a sense of the types of macro macros that it can burn. This episode is brought to you by Basic Keto Box. Basic Keto Box is a premium subscription box for keto dieters. It offers a wide variety of keto-friendly snacks delivered right to your door. Not only that, with your subscription box, you also get a 30-day meal plan that includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner, complete with macronutrients in every meal. We have an exclusive deal just for Ketones and Coffee podcast listeners. Receive an extra 20% off with your first month subscription. Head on over to basicketobox.ca to subscribe today. Hey guys, welcome to the Ketones and Coffee podcast where I bring in guests to discuss their own personal experience with a ketogenic diet. Our next guest is a keto lifestyle coach. In addition, she's also a science teacher with a degree in biology. With her natural ability in teaching, she has gained a lot of loyal clients over the years. Let's now hear from Coach Lindsay on how she found keto. Good, how are you? Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Thank you for uh, coming on. Um, I really appreciate you. And, yes, thank um, you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so I want to dive right in. Uh, I've really been you know, looking forward to this all week long. And um, I'm so excited. And I'm a bit nervous at the same time. Maybe you could tell. But uh, I'm really anxious to have you on. I think we can really bring value to people here. So, Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, I'm looking forward to it too. So I was um, I was reading up on your bio on your blog, and um, I always like to start with people, uh, you know, with how they got started with keto, and I think we can hone in into on the beginning stages, and um, we could you know maybe help people finally make a change. Definitely, yeah. So um, so my journey started um, in 2018. Um, I had just had my first child um, Mm -hmm. and he was born in May. And um, during my pregnancy with him, um, I had always, you know, I was athletic when I grew up. I played sports. Um, I never, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, I I never really learned. good, healthy habits, because I never really had to try hard. Um, I think when I, I was um, like a travel softball athlete, and being part of that competitive sports environment, almost like tricked me into working out without because I was playing a game. So I didn't really um, view it like I was working out. 
And when I stopped playing, you know, competitive sports, I got a little bit older, I was pregnant, it just hit me really, really hard. And I gained about 60 pounds with my mm. pregnancy. And now, you know, the recommendation is that you gain about 25 pounds. And mm. I just kept flying past my max goal and my doctors would reset the bar and reset the bar. And you know, I, I naively thought that after I gave birth, I would sort of just hop back to normal. Um, and so fast forward about three or four months after he was born, um, I had lost a grand total of seven pounds. And, you know, he was a seven pound baby. So there you go. <laughs> and so I was kind of stuck in a rut. You know, my husband and I knew that we wanted to have more than one kid. Um I wanted them to get in a spot to do this all over again. Otherwise, you know, it's really not going to be healthy for me to try and have another kid. Um, and so I did Weight Watchers for a little bit. I tried working out even though I was like exhausted and then trying to figure out how to be a new mom and nothing kind of, you know, slipping into like, I guess I would say I was feeling a little bit depressed and kind of hopeless about this is like my new normal. And so when I started keto, I was in a very almost like I almost started it out of spite, if I'm being completely honest, because so many things had not worked for me. Mm. And I saw people with their results on keto and I thought, you know what, let me just scratch this off the list because I bet you this also isn't going to work for me. Mm. <laughs> so that's like mentally where I was when I started. Um, and you know, fast forward two years from that point, I now have two children. Mm -hmm. I've gone up mm -hmm. and down. I was in a healthy place to get pregnant a second time. Um, and now I'm in like my second phase of weight loss. And my daughter is now seven months old. So, so when you first found the keto diet, did you think that it was just a fad diet? Or what What? What was it that made you reluctant to uh, keto? So I definitely... I sort of, I, I hadn't heard a lot about it. Um, so my impression that it was just another fad diet. Um, the biggest difference for me, I think the reason I was reluctant is that I had tried other things before and I would look at the world through this lens of everything I couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have a good guideline of what to follow. So I was trying low fat, I was trying low carb, um, and I was miserable. And I, it was this really like a, a lot of negative self-talk about like, you know, why is this so difficult for me? I would see all these other women who have had children and then their body snaps back in like two months. And I'm like, I'm just built yeah. different. And I was just so angry. I would be like, I can't eat that. I can't have that. I can't drink that. And um, yeah, so when I did keto, I I thought, why would this be any different? <laughs> so you've lost about, you said, um, 60, 60 plus pounds? So yeah, so I actually, in my first, you know, postpartum weight loss after my son was born, I lost um, 60 pounds. So I lost everything that I had gained in my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, and even then a, a hair more, I was about two pounds under my pre-pregnancy weight um, when I got pregnant. 
since, you know, and I, I was much more careful in my second pregnancy, so I didn't gain as much weight. Um, but, you know, even still, I, I went over the recommended amount. I probably gained like 40 pounds with her. Um, and so now I'm in, I'm about uh, 20 pounds down from that point and another 20 to get me back to like ground zero of where I started before children. Hmm. Interesting. So take me back to your first few weeks in keto. And um, what was it that helped you um, get over that hump? Because when I started, um, I knew of the keto flu. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was hard going through that for me. And what was it like for you? So I actually, um, I don't think I experienced the keto flu the same way that I've heard other people. Interesting. Fortunately, um, you know, I've had bouts of dizziness and kind of like low energy. Um, but mm. what I have found two things, I think that um, having a good balance electrolytes is really, really important. Um, and so some people take electrolytes as a supplement. Some people use um, exogenous ketone packets to help them boost their energy and get through that. Um, And what I found is that the more you dip in and out of ketosis, your body almost becomes like bilingual in a sense of the types of macro macros that it can burn. And so the first time you get in ketosis will be the most difficult. And then your cells almost have like a, a metabolic memory. And when you come out of ketosis and go back in, the process happens um, more easily, you know, in the subsequent times that you get into it. That's interesting that you said that because when I started, it was hard for me. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, the first two weeks was I didn't have energy, just just uh, overall soreness in my body. And then after that, everything was fine. But um, but when I would uh, have cheat days and I would you know indulge myself because I was I was still figuring this out. Um, when I go back into ketosis, it's, it it would be easier for me. The transition yeah. would be easier for me. Yeah, and, uh, and that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I I didn't know of this uh, mm-hmm. that your body would be. You said bilingual. I've never heard anyone uh, talk about that, Mm. about how it's so much easier to get back into ketosis. Amazing. So let me talk to you about your coaching. I love that you're a coach. And um, and Mm -hmm. I've I've been I I talked to uh, uh, one other coach and, you know, it really inspires me because I know and I believe uh, keto would be, you know, one of the main diets not just a fat diet that's that's what you know people are uh saying uh, on the internet and i think there's a lot of misinformation uh out there and and it social media has been uh really great for information uh because you see people uh go through it go through the experiences and having great success with keto so yeah definitely what is it about coaching that uh keto that has drawn you to it hey guys let me tell you about this delivery service that's been a total game changer for my lifestyle did you know that it's now possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right at your doorstep well instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee 
And if I can avoid buying non-keto-friendly items from supermarkets who psychs you into buying unhealthy foods, plus if it saves me a lot of time and money, sign me up. Instacart is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences, so no more rock-hard avocados, and they will keep your eggs safe too. And Instacart will find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. And you can get your first order today delivered for free when you purchase over $35 by following the link on the show notes below to let Instacart know that I sent you and to help to support the show. Instacart, never step foot in the grocery store again. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I experienced, you know, the success that I had in eating this way, um, I also at that period of time had my mom and my sister jump on board to support me and say, you know what, we're going to do this with you. We're going to do this alongside you. And we would have a group text message going of recipes that we would share and we'd take pictures of our dinners and our snacks. And it just, you know, even though it was only two other people um, doing it with me, it, it mm-hmm. felt like I had such a, a network of support in them. And um, a- another piece to this, my background is that I am a high school biology teacher. Um, And so it's kind of in my nature to want to educate. And I felt that, you know, why not kind of just offer my knowledge and my experience to other people? Because I know how tough it is to embark on this um, if you don't have people in your household that are eating the same way. And if you're trying to navigate going out to restaurants and interpreting the menu and if you're allowed to have certain things or if it's going to keep you on track or not. So, um, yeah, the idea just kind of popped in my head and I, I figured why not start slow and I made an Instagram account and I kind of taught myself how to code a little bit and made a website. Um, and, and here we are two years later. That's awesome. Um, it was hard for me because, uh, transitioning into the keto diet, I was, um, I was dabbling into, you know, uh, low fat diets. Um, mm-hmm. and I was, uh, also a yo-yo dieter. I would, I would have a goal set for summer and then what I would do, I would, uh, I would basically work out five days a week and, mm-hmm. and go on a caloric deficit. But after that goal, I would always go back to my old habits that yep. really, became not sustainable for me um, mm-hmm. and I've grown frustrated with it and I found keto um, I found keto diet uh, from my cousin and he was doing it he lost a lot of weight but at that time I didn't really know what keto was I didn't ask him uh, what 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 keto was mm-hmm. but when I when I did my research um, you know I started early this year uh, with keto and Mm-hmm. Um, wanting to lose weight because of you know <laughs> quarantine. Yeah, and all that I gained a lot of weight. Yep, and um, I said, and I was really um, frustrated with you know gaining weight and then losing weight and how hard it is for me to lose the weight. And so yeah. I'm lo- I'm looking for that lifestyle that that's uh, sustainable for me. And I found, I found keto diet and they said I could have bacon. So, you know, sign yeah. me up. <laughs> Same. 
Yeah. So, this no. is, uh, it's definitely something that I find to be sustainable. I mean, I never stuck with anything, which is why I think I struggled so much because like you, I would go 150% into something for anything that I felt I could really maintain and be happy at the same time. So this, you know, being allowed to have the, the, the full fat cheeses and the bacon and the things that really give your food those amazing flavors. Um, I feel like I will in some, in some ways always be in the keto mentality. Um, and you know, there is definitely a balance to once I reach my goal weight, I walking that line, like I said, of being in and out of ketosis and helping myself to, to burn both carbs and fats equally. Um, I think that that's a line that I will kind of always walk on and then manage it with knowing how to lose the weight with keto. So, yeah. So you talked about uh, ketogenic mentality into your mm -hmm. daily life. What, what, what's, uh, what's that? What's, what's a ketogenic mentality in your own words? So there was a big, once I started this, there was a definite mental shift in how I viewed food. Um, and there was a specific moment that I remember as a pivot point for me where like my weakness is a big bacon, egg and cheese mm. on an everything bagel. <laughs> like I wake up and I want a bagel every morning um, or previously. I mean, I think it'll always be in me a little bit, but there was a moment where I was walking through the grocery store and like I said earlier, you know, I used to view the world as I can't have that and why can't I have these things? And this is miserable. And I was in the grocery store and I saw a woman at the fresh bakery section loading one of those like brown paper bags full of fresh bagels. And usually I would look at something like that and just drool mm. over it. And I walked by, I kind of side glanced at her and was like, ugh thinking like that hunk of bread is going to do nothing for her in terms of fueling her body. And I walked by and was like, oh my God, that's the first time I've ever walked by a bagel. And like, <laughs> not even, it just, it changed the way that I view food truly instead of as an indulgence, more of like the fuel that powers your body. And, you know, knowing what I know about you know, having a degree in biology, the the energy that you get from a gram of fat is about one and a half times more energy than you get from a gram of carbs, which is why, um, you know, when you have a lot of carbs, you have an energy spike followed mm -hmm. by a crash. And with fats, it's kind of like a longer, slower burning molecule, um, but it's a more efficient energy source when you think about like what you're actually eating. So I love that you talked about fat um, because there's a lot, I, I have no idea how to explain this to people when they talk about uh, keto diet with me. And, and whenever I said it's, uh, you have to have 70% fat. It's, it's, it's cause keto diet is macros. Uh, right. It's not so much um, what you eat. It's right. so much, what you put in your body in uh you know your fat your your, your fat content your carbs and your protein yep. so yep. 
I have no idea how how to explain it to my parents. First of all, they and I'm so I'm so glad that you, your sister and your mom, uh, got on board with this and how how they looked at it when they first heard of it and how do how do you explain this to people? So basically, there are like you said the you have you have fats and you have protein. And in your body, those are the, the fuels that can power your cells. And your body's first choice of energy is always going to be to burn carbs because it is a fast burning molecule. It's an easy, accessible energy source. And which is why, you know, I tell my clients, if you have like a, I don't know if you know what pixie sticks are, but it's like a, like a tube mm. of sugar it's like a candy for little kids yep, it's like yep. a literal straw filled with sugar and so i tell people if you eat a pixie stick you're gonna have an energy spike really fast because that's an easy energy source for your cells to burn um and so if you're eating carbs in a high enough proportion your body will never tap into your fat reserves because it will always be your second choice, your cells' second choice of energy. Because it's harder to burn. It takes longer to burn. So if you keep your proportion of carbs low enough, your body will be forced to choose fats for fuel as their second choice. The reason, just also a little side tangent, the reason that protein is your last choice for your cells is because your body is primarily made like your muscle mass, your organs are made of proteins. So evolutionarily, you know, your body's not going to start breaking down your proteins because that's the really important stuff, but it will do carbs first and then fat before it gets to protein. So you want to balance the low carb with the high fat and moderate protein, which is what puts your cells into like a nutritional ketogenic state, um, I have found is that it's also really important that I'll, you know, include this in your mentality of doing keto is that um, I have found that it is much more effective if you also incorporate intermittent fasting, which is basically giving your body a break from digesting solid food. So I typically think about it as like 16 and 8. So an eight hour window of when you eat. So like if I have my first meal at 11 in the morning, I want to be finished with dinner by 7 p.m. And then you have a 16 hour window from 7 p.m. to 11 the following morning. Um, And that really allows your body um, to start using your stored fat to fuel yourself. And that's where people really see that weight loss start to happen. How would you, you said 16 and 8, um, how would you say, how would I incorporate this in my life? First of all, I love how to, can you still hear me? Oh, you froze for a quick second. I can hear you now though. Okay, so I love how you phrased that answer. And I think, um, you know, people would really, uh, now they would understand why, you know, there's uh, so much uh, fat content in the keto diet and um, thank you so much for that answer and if I were to incorporate this in my life mm-hmm. what would be your advice for me if I really want to be successful say 
I have never known of keto. Have you ever got that? Have you ever got a client that, you know, didn't really know what keto was, but um, on the uh, that needs to somebody that needs to make a drastic change in their life? Where do they start? Where do they start? So I think, you know, I get a lot of clients that are like, I've seen the transformation photos. I want to be one of those transformation photos. I will follow whatever rules you give me. Just tell me what to do. (laughs) And I think a big part of it is that there is, when I coach people, like I'm not making any of this up. I'm not inventing this diet and this way of eating. The information is out there. So it, but it is flooded with so much misinformation. And I think having a coach kind of, weed through all of that misinformation and just tell you what you need to know, call you weekly and make sure and hold you accountable. The first step is, is reaching out for support. And so when people come to me, they've already started in a good place. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that I'll tell them is I'll educate them. Our first session is usually like an hour long, kind of like a, a class on, keto and how it works and educating people on where hidden sugars lie and um, ways to navigate like a restaurant menu and just the whole idea of how it works. And from there, you know, I kind of, it's a very customized approach. I do not have a one size fits all way of coaching people because some people like to track macros. They want all the information. They want to enter everything into an app. They want to track their water Other people are like, I can't mess with that. I don't have time for that. It feels like work. It's too tedious. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of, you know, there's, there's different approaches to how I coach depending on the person's personality. For myself, um, I will say that I have had the success that I've had without exercising, without tracking macros. Um, I basically will, I weigh in once a week. I check my ketones once a week. And if I'm still in ketosis and if I'm moving in the direction I want to be moving in, regardless of how fast or slow, if I'm inching my way there, um, I get in a rhythm. I'm a very like habitual eater. I like to have the same thing for breakfast and lunch every day. And then I kind of rotate through different dinners. Um, It helps me with budgeting my groceries. It helps me with meal prep. Um, So I kind of just, some people are relieved to find that there is a no pressure way of doing this. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something that consumes your thought process 24 hours a day, which I think a lot of people find surprising. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, what? I was talking to my cousin, he was asking me about keto and because um, he, his brother uh, wanted to be, uh, you know, wanted to make a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was talking to him about keto and he was so surprised about, he know that, I know it's, it's no carbs, no sugar. Well, mm-hmm. um, relatively. So he was asking me about like, does, does banana have carbs? Does this have carbs? Can I eat this? Can I eat that? They're so surprised that yeah. they didn't know all of these foods are, yeah. you know, uh, I had so a, much sugar. It's funny that you me 
had done her own background research and was so frustrated. She's like, Lindsay, I am following all of the, I know I'm doing it correctly. I am working out. I'm doing hot yoga and I'm gaining weight. She's like, I'm gaining weight. I'm gaining weight. What is going on? So I had her like for a couple of days, I had her write down everything she was eating just so that I had information of like, you know, what could be going on. She was having about three bananas a day. And I was like, there's 32 carbs in a banana. <laughs> so she was unknowingly having close to 100 carbs a day when your max is supposed to be 20. And so she cut the bananas. And then, you know, she has been one of my most successful clients. She's been on for about a year and a half. She's lost like 80 pounds. So it's just like, oh, my God, sometimes there's just one little shift that you have to make. And that's the trick. There was another client who um, was chewing a couple of pieces of sugar free gum. Mm. You know, sugar free calories, but some of the artificial sweeteners sort of are so similar in their molecular structure to sugar that your body can't actually tell the difference. And so your body will process that molecule as if it's sugar. Um, and so that was another, another little shift that we had to make and then boom, then she was on her way. So that's the added benefit of having a coach is like another set of eyes on your habits to kind of maybe catch some things that you're not seeing. Yeah. And it's hard to break habits. It's hard mm -hmm. when you're, when it's, it's their conditioning from they were little and, uh, from the food pyramid, you have to have this much mm -hmm. carbs in your diet. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just so much misinformation out there. There's actually, I've done some, you know, my own research and there's, um, there's a study that I read that really shifted things for me where I guess in the seventies, there was a group of scientists in the sugar industry that were paid off, that were literally bribed to spread misinformation about the link between sugar and heart disease and mm -hmm. to point the blame at fats and at the fat industry. And I mm -hmm. think that that's one of the, the reasons that there is so much misinterpretation of the information out there because people are conditioned to think that fats make you fat. And, you know, mm -hmm. in our own experience, you know that if you load up on sugar and candy and bread, it's carbs that make you fat. And it's carbs that lead to inflammation in your body and, you know, like metabolic health issues. That's a that's a issue with a lot of people where it's hard for them to to break those habits. It's a lot harder for them to change their lifestyle. And there there are people out there that are willing to take you know pills rather yeah. than to make a change yeah and um and that's awareness for you and you know when you when you go to your doctor and ask about keto guess what they're 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 gonna say i don't recommend it i'm not saying all doctors are mm -hmm. like that yeah i actually have i've had a different experience i think you know my husband um did speak with his doctor i always think it's a good idea to loop in a medical professional um, or a nutritionist or someone certified and educated um, before you kind of go on this route and make these changes. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of to practice what I preach, I myself spoke with my doctor. I had my husband speak with his doctor 
And I don't know if there's a shift in the medical industry even, or, or if it's starting to really catch on, but both my doctor and my husband's doctor were thrilled that we were going to shift to keto. Um, and they couldn't say enough great things about it. Wow. So maybe it'll catch on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I think they, they made a recent change with the food pyramid and Mm -hmm. um, the fat, fat content of the food pyramid. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love it. I love that that happened for you. (laughs) When I asked my doctor, I guess uh, she said she doesn't recommend it. Um, but that's uh, that's another topic for another day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, let's go let's go to your testimonials, and you're getting a lot of great reviews from your clients that has found success with your coaching. So let me read one to you. Sure. So um, one of your clients said, "I love having the feeling of uh, accountability to her, and she makes it easy." You know, and uh, I'm cutting to the end here, Lindsay help make this attainable and sustainable for me. So the common theme that I've found um, from all of your reviews were, you know, accountability. And what are your practices to make sure that your clients make themselves accountable? Say, say if they don't have somebody um, that, that could do the keto diet for them uh, with them. uh, What, what do you, what do you recommend? Well, I think first and foremost, um, anyone that is a client, um, I think that, you know, one of the things I offer is um, for my monthly clients, I offer unlimited uh, Q&A over text message. So a a person doesn't have to wait until our weekly session to, you know, save up their questions. If they're in the grocery store and they have a question about something, they text me a picture of the nutrition label and they're like, hey, is this okay? Or if someone is, you know, at a restaurant, I've literally gotten pictures of menus at restaurants and I will open the picture and I'll be like putting like red X's on things or like green check marks. And I send the picture back to them and I'm like, here you go. Here's your plan. Um, So I think that there's a friendship that develops and like a, there's just, you know, I'm, I'm truly in their corner. And I think they feel that. And I've had clients that said, you know, Lindsay, I wanted to cheat four times this week, but I didn't want to have to lie to you. So I didn't cheat so that I could be honest in our session and tell you how proud I am that I didn't cheat. So uh, yeah, I think just having that common thread and that open communication, um, not only during our sessions, but between the sessions throughout the week is really important. Wow, that's great. And that must be really frustrating when you're in the grocery store because I rarely find things in the grocery store that are keto. Yeah. First of all. It's hard to navigate. Yeah. And um, for me, just, you know, they they were had the grocery store would have snacks because I'm big with snacks, right? When I change mm-hmm. the keto diet, okay, there are there's an aisle for snacks, and I could go there uh, weekly and grab snacks. But yeah. um, as as I as I uh, continue on with my keto journey, and I found you know the same snacks over and over, it's just make I got bored really quick. Yeah. So um, snacking for me has been uh, uh, one of the uh, 
tools that that I use yeah. to make the diet sustainable. Absolutely. So, what are the tools that you can um, uh, say with coaching? Well, mm-hmm. that's one tool that they could use. What else could they um, use, utilize to make their diet more sustainable? So, I think um, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you you mentioned that if you're snacking on the same thing over and over again, you get bored. And, you know, I also mentioned previously in this podcast that I am a pretty habitual eater. I do like to eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch and rotate through dinners. And while on the one hand, some people might think, oh, I could never do that. On the other hand, you know, I, I do make it varied with what I eat. So I'll go for like, you know, a 10 day period of being on a a certain breakfast and lunch kick. And then I'll have, you know, like the, this past week, um, I was really craving pizza. Normally I'll be eating like salmon and asparagus or like a bunless burger Mm -hmm. or like this ham and cheese chicken recipe. And I just wanted to throw in the towel and order a giant Hawaiian pizza. And (laughs) I thought, you know what? I've got to cycle in some of my keto carbs, you know, I'm saying that in quotes, my keto carb recipes, like my keto bagel recipe or keto pizza or keto like ricotta pancakes. So I listen body and kind of what I'm craving. And I allow myself to just be smart about swapping out the ingredients, but still having the things and the flavors that I want to be having. Um, and I do the same thing for my clients. I think that they will follow, you know, a certain plan with me. And then they honestly tell me, they're like, you know what? I'm done with chicken. I don't want any chicken recipes for the next two weeks. And I'm like, all right, let's switch it up. So I think, you know, keeping it exciting, um, you know, purchasing like a keto cookbook with like good pictures that you can flip through and get inspired. Um, I think that that's been one of the keys to my success and kind of how I approach my coaching is to just keep people interested and excited about what they're eating. Yeah, that's key. Uh, just having that variety of food available to you. And you know, <laughs> funny story, I when I started keto, I've, um, I love uh, cauliflower rice. Mm-hmm. But before before uh starting on keto i love rice i eat rice every day and so that's a huge part of our culture is just having rice on every meal (laughs) and so i had to have some type of rice so i found cauliflower rice and i liked it i loved it yeah at first and uh after a while it was okay and then (laughs) Months after, man, the smell of cauliflower is just, I'm so bored of it. I, yeah. I couldn't stand the smell. And yeah. uh, so variety with food is one of the most important things when you want to be successful with keto. Absolutely. So last question for you. Sure. What do you love most about coaching? I think, again, going back to my, um, the fact of, of being a science teacher, it, it breaks my heart that there is so much misinformation and there are so many people out there that feel isolated in their struggle. Mm-hmm. And they are at a loss with how to start and how to maintain. And, you know, it would just be such a disservice 
for myself to have experienced success like this. And I, I know how to explain it to people and I know I can support them. And so that to me is like, I had to like coaching just became a necessary next step for me. Um, and seeing people have that mentality shift and feel the mental clarity that comes with burning ketones and, you know, their energy is through the roof. They're, they're in a good mood all the time. They're seeing the success on the scale and in their measurements and they're confident. Like it just, it changes people. And knowing that I may have played a small role in that um, is just so rewarding. It's just, it's, I mean, I, I do this as like a side business. I'm a science teacher as my career, but um, I think to some degree, I will always keep this in my pocket because I think that it's so necessary for people to have a resource. Yeah, it's so huge for you to be able to coach people on keto because there's so much misinformation we talked about earlier in this podcast. I, I love what you're doing. I love, I, I keep, keep doing it. Thank you. And, and I appreciate you coming on. Yes, thank um, you so much. Where can people find you? So um, I am on Instagram. Um, my Instagram name is theketocoach.co. Um, I also have a website that's the same name. So www.theketocoach.co. Um, and I also have a Gmail um, that's the same name. But if you go to my website, it has, um, like all the social media links. Um, and it's, it's pretty easy to reach me either through the contact form on my website or just sending me um, like a DM on Instagram. I know that that's how we got in touch with each other. Um, yeah. reach out. And, you know, the good thing is that I'm not a big corporation. It's just me. You know, I've got close to 2000 followers on Instagram, but it's definitely something that is still manageable for me in terms of I you know I'm pretty responsive I think I got back to your message like within a couple hours um so yeah I just encourage people to take that step and it can't hurt just to start a conversation and see where it goes so there you have it guys um reach out to Lindsay at uh, the ketocoach.co if you need that you know uh accountability if you need somebody that could help you uh, guide you with the keto diet and um, no matter what phase you're in it's important to have that uh, that somebody that would hold you accountable mm -hmm. um, with, with this diet so thank you so much Lindsay I appreciate your time uh, thank you for having hope me we, we could connect uh, soon again and uh, yeah. hopefully um, you know good luck with everything and uh, talk to you soon okay thank you thank you so much so guys there you have it you have heard coach Lindsay talk about the basics of keto and the importance of accountability to your keto journey. You can reach out to Coach Lindsay at www.theketocoach.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. 
discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes. Take advantage, guys, of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you. And stay tuned for more captivating episodes. And until next time, guys, keep embracing the power of ketones.